Hi, I'm Brian Fisher of the TWIP Glamour Show on the TWIP Network. You're listening to This Week in Photo. Bandwidth for This Week in Photo is provided by the CashFly Content Delivery Network. Send your web content blazingly fast with CashFly. And now, pay as you go. Start with two terabytes free by going to C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com and use the promo code TWIP. This episode of This Week in Photo is brought to you by the brand new TWIP School. You can check it out at school.thisweekinphoto.com. This is TWIP, episode 465, Enter the Matrix. The stories about VR, 360-degree video, and augmented reality advancements seem to be hitting the media fast and furious lately, with companies like Facebook, Google, YouTube, and Microsoft putting their money where their virtual mouths are by investing huge piles of cash in this nascent technology. And now we're seeing new and unforeseen uses of VR. One such use comes from Google with the introduction of their Tilt Brush. It's a brush that lets the user paint in virtual 3D space with materials like fire, smoke, stars, and more. VR, 360 video, and augmented reality are the topics of this week's episode. It's Tuesday, May 17th, 2016, and this is TWIP. Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of This Week in Photo. I'm your host, Frederick Van Johnson. We're going to be discussing some interesting things on the show. Many of them seem unrelated to each other, which will make for a very interesting episode of This Week in Photo. Joining me to discuss this cornucopia of photography-related stories are Miss Christine Allward and Mr. Brian Fisher. Hey, guys. How you doing? Hello. Great. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, you're Howdy. welcome. All right, guys. So, like, quick introductions. Christine, you are. We're building a show, as we have been. We're building a show for both of you guys, actually, mm-hmm. uh, and tackling different sides of taking pictures of attractive type things on the planet. <laughs> and, but, Christine, um, you, what are you up to? So, you're up in the Sacramento, California area, and what do you do? What's your your daily routine? Oh, man. If only I had a daily routine, right? (laughs) Um, I wear a few hats. I'm a freelance model up in the North State. I am a portrait photographer and a production manager for a local commercial photographer. So between the three, I don't have anything that I do on the daily, but it definitely keeps me very busy. Well, that's cool. It keeps you busy. (laughs) It keeps you busy. And you just recently purchased a new home, and so congratulations. Thank you. That's That's a huge step for you guys, so... Very good. And welcome back to the show. You haven't been on in forever. So welcome back. It's been back. a super long time. Yeah. Last yeah. time I was on, I think I said I was moving and now I'm here. So. And now you've moved. <laughs> and now you've moved. That's cool. Well, also on the show virtually sitting right next to you is Mr. Brian Fisher with his This Week in Photo shirt on. Thank you for representing. Appreciate it. I that. believe in style. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. You can't go wrong with the Twip shirt. Cool, man. So, what, so you're... you're down south. I'm in the middle, so I'm in the kind of the yeah. Bay Area area-ish. Uh, Christine's up north, and you're down south. So what's I'm what's, in San Luis Obispo, San Luis, San Luis. Yeah. I love it down there. That's uh, yeah, that that's the the area area I pass through when I'm driving on my way to Brooks Institute in Santa Barbara all the time. So so how are you doing, man? What's going on in your world? Life's good. I'm I'm working on many projects. I do a bit of glamour photography. And I do a mm-hmm. bit of photo instruction. 
And uh, lately, I've been spending a lot of time getting ready to do a show on uh, that This Week in Photo Network. That's right. Yeah, you're one of the next shows that's going to be birthed out of our our you know stellar dust cloud. So we are. <laughs> you're one of the new seriously stuff. excited. Yeah, we're just waiting on that you know fusion to take place. So cool, man. I like the little. What's that behind you? That little sign. What does that say? Oh, that's just a uh, this week a little in, hint. Uh, this week in photo glamour coming soon sign. I love it. I love it. Cool. Well, cool. Thanks to both of you guys for coming on the show. It's going to be, this is an interesting show. So let's kick it off. The first story is about Google and this new product they had. It's called a tilt brush. And it's really interesting. I was looking at this because I'm on this weird kind of uh, virtual reality learning about it kick, you know, and trying to see if it, is it actually going to be a thing, which it seems to be taking off. And uh, Google is has thrown some money behind creating this project, which essentially it's a tilt brush, which allows it allows artists to paint in 3D using materials like fire, snow, stars, you know, whatever essentially you want to paint with in 3D space. So imagine you're standing in a dark room and you like make a twirl of fire. Now fire is happening above your head, and over here you write your name in stars. Now those are over there. Um, so I wanted to talk about this from a num number of standpoints. First, from the standpoint of, is this kind of thing viable, or is this is this more demonstration of technology? And what I mean by that, and Christine, I want to start with you. We've got you know all these cool things that keep coming out, like even like you know techniques like HDR and you know uh, slow motion video and cinemagraphs and all this stuff. And usually, the first wave that we see is a bunch of things that just demonstrate what you could do. And then sometimes it evolves into a real art form, and sometimes it just peters off, and we never see anything that an artist said, hey, I could take that and execute this amazing vision of mine. Do you think this thing is... First of all, what do you think of the tilt brush? And secondly, what do you think of, of the, the art versus demonstration of technology idea? Um, I think the tilt brush is... Interesting. And mm -hmm. my first thought was it's like paint, you know, yeah. on the Microsoft platform when I was in third grade and I would oh, go yeah. in and open paint. And then I actually saw Fast Company made that quote that it was like Microsoft Paint for 2020. Is so that good it, though? Was that a <laughs> No, I don't think a it's word? a good thing because that's that thing that you're bored and you're trying to waste time. And so you open right. paint and you make circles and splash colors around. You're like, I have no idea what I'm doing. So, okay, I'll go yeah. back to work because I but wasted I see, 20 minutes. I can minutes. see like an installation, like an art installation. I don't know. Like, I always, when I saw it, I was thinking, man, this would be cool. A cool like Vegas Cirque du Soleil performance where you have the people on stage painting, you know, doing their contortions and painting in 3D space. And there's a big display above them where you can see what they're actually doing. Or if you paid for expensive tickets, you could have goggles in the front row. I don't know. Right. And so I agree with you. I totally think this could be cool for performance. I mean, I know painters that do live performances, but my hang up is the goggles. Yeah. It's yeah. such a, it, it feels like a lonely experience to me. Yeah. I if I'm going to be watching a performance, I want I don't want to do it in this little. I mean, it makes me feel claustrophobic just looking at it. There's this big bulky yeah. thing you have to wear, and I don't know enough about virtual reality to know if there's a way to move past having to wear something. Mm -mm. No. And no. I just that is a big hang up for me. Yeah. Um, the fact that there's this device that I have to wear that puts me in a very solitary 
you need to be, you need to fast forward, get in your time machine and fast forward to the time when we have holodecks like they have in Star Trek. It's where you can actually work, walk into a virtual reality room and have all the right. objects appear that around you. That is what I want. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're not there yet. You were born too early. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but so, I mean, I, I do think it's really cool. I, I think that the, one of the things they had mentioned was the application for fashion and that mm -hmm. they can paint using uh, lace or cotton or leather and then see their design instead of their sketches just being mm. flat on paper, then they can walk around their design and see it before it's gone into production. And that I think is actually more interesting than creating fire and stars and, and right. paint. I, you know, it's like, if I was going to find a way that I could use this, that seems more like you want to be, it sounds like and, and Brian, you, I want you to chime in on this. So it, the other part of this is, is Tony Stark land, right? Oh, so yes. when Tony Stark was building his Iron Man suits and he's like, oh yeah, I need this. And you know, he's like flipping and manipulating things in the air in front of him. That's kind of like this. So does this technology, if you take it away, take the art side of it, like Christine was saying, yeah, okay, stars, leather, silk, fire, all that, that's cool. But what if I could sit in a virtual room and design a car? Where you know it's more precise and bezier instead of of brushstrokes. What do you think? Oh, I see that. But what I first went to was this is my new teaching tool. Mm. I want to be able to set up a studio with a model and lights, and then be able to come in and draw the light, draw where oh. everything's coming from. Yeah. The only problem is, I guess you could do it from a single point of view video that you could share. Mm -hmm. But if I could get a standard interface where I can stream out to other people that have the headsets, and they can walk around my virtual studio. Well, if you're I showing can... lighting techniques, then then you need see now you're getting deep. See now you need to go license light field technology from Lytro, so oh, that can go in the 3D world, <laughs> so that you can trace where the light would be going and how it's going to interact with services within a 3D environment, right? I'll get right on that. Yeah, yeah. And you're going to have to have a couple of crazy supercomputers to run the whole thing. <laughs> I, I just really, I look at the fact that I can, because the problem with demonstrating lighting is you can see the source. Yeah. You can see the effect. It's really hard to show those lights getting there, you know, yeah. those photons. Yeah. And now I can draw the photons. But here, here's, here's an Occam's razor solution to this. You could, you like, like I said, install a couple of, you know, billion-dollar crazy supercomputers to run sure. it and write the software, license Lightfield from Lytro and build all this stuff and put the goggles on. Or you could just do it in the real world. <laughs> oh, sure. You you crazy. With actual photons you know, that are free. <laughs> the other thing, I, I got to looking at this, and, uh, yeah, it's 800 bucks, which is not bad. Yeah. But... Uh, you got to have a serious computer to make this work right. You look at their absolute minimum spec, and it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Like, Christine, like you are saying, it's, it's almost like the Google Glass thing, right? It's This is great, and it's like I was saying, it's a cool demonstration of technology and a, a glimpse into where this VR stuff could go. But like with Google Glass, there's that hiccup of the hardware that's between you and the actual experience. But and at least Google Glass was slightly sexier design. It wasn't this huge helmet thing. Like I, I'm so hung up on the design of it. I won't buy that. I won't. 
not yeah. when it's that designed that way. It's too bulky, and I don't think that that fits what most people. Well, well let's in. let's be clear though. You're not most people. You're you're a <laughs> high-powered fashion model that's fashion conscious. The geeks that's of the so crowd, no, the geeks of the crowd will be so. like, I'd wear that all day long. I don't care. Well, <laughs> no and maybe looking at it's me. true. I mean, you know, virtual reality has lived in the gaming side of things for a long yeah. time. I don't have that backing up my experience. So I see this, and I'm just totally put off by how it looks because I haven't had years of dealing with it in the gaming arena. Yeah, yeah. I've played nope. with, Brian, have you guys played with, um, I ordered, um, what is it, Google Cardboard. Have you seen that? Mm -hmm. I've seen yeah. it, I've played with it. I played with it, and just yesterday, as we record this, this is uh, the 17th of May, so as we record this, just yesterday, Google announced that they've updated the the iOS version of the YouTube app to support virtual reality video. So if you've shot a video with like your Theta S, you know, that you can actually look around with your phone, you can now look at it in 3D space with your Google Cardboard. So I tried that yesterday for the first time on a video, a practice video that I built. And I, it was just a video that I shot in my living room with the Theta and I put it on and I'm looking around of the video, you know, in the video I had people in there interacting and everything. And even with the low resolution of the Theta and the cardboard kind of experience, Christine, like you were saying, I, it was weird because A, I'm standing in my living room and the video was shot about six feet to my right and mm -hmm. I really had the feeling that I was standing in my kitchen. You know, it really felt like I was standing in my kitchen. The more I held it up there, the more I, my brain was like, yeah, you're, you're, you're here. You're actually in that spot. You so know, you, and I'm like, there was no confusion or dizzy. Like, I just feel like I would fall over. I don't well, know. There did is. Your brain there is a little totally bit. accept yeah. it? Or? It did. It did. But yeah, I mean, after what you did, if you move, like for me at least, like I'm looking around and the video was stationary. So it wasn't like the video was moving. The video stationary. The camera was on a tripod. But if I moved, like stepped forward and that feedback wasn't reflected in my glasses, obviously my brain's like, wait a minute, you just took a step forward and the scene didn't move. <laughs> you know? So, you know, so there's, there's that. It's actually really, really interesting. I would, I would as, as kind of a toe in the water to kind of start understanding how this VR stuff works, especially from an image maker's standpoint, because we may be doing this stuff in the future for clients, I would suggest that people go at least order, uh, and we'll put a link in the show notes for this, but order a set of Google Cardboard. They're, they're cheap. Mm -hmm. They're like 20 bucks or something yeah. for two, you know, or something like that. Um, and they work amazingly well. I would order those and look at some of these, like dozens or hundreds of videos on YouTube already where you can put these on and look around and be, in a, be on a roller coaster be on the set of, uh, you know, on stage when they're doing a performance of The Lion King. You know, it's like you transport into those areas. It's actually pretty cool. So how, uh, how far do we have to go with horsepower and cameras? I mean, if, if this was 8K, yeah. how, how far before all of a sudden your brain is just blown yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's, yeah, it's, it's interesting. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of possibilities for all this stuff, but the, it's always going to be, for me at least, it's always going to be path of least resistance, right? So the path of least resistance is, and this is old school, get off my lawn, old man talking, right? So it's like, I got a computer, I got a keyboard, I got a, you know, I got a display here, I can move my mouse and interact. Why do I need to see it in the real world? Um, and then, but that's, that said, coming from a position of ignorance, having not 
ever worn an Oculus Rift, and people rave about that thing, right? So it went much like when I put on Google Cardboard, the synapses in my brain started firing like, oh, that's pretty interesting. I bet I could do this thing. What if I did that? What if I, you right. know, yeah. what if I took the video and put multiple people in there in Premiere and then put it together and then put, you know, so you start thinking of the possibilities once you try it. So I don't know. It's ex the, the tilt brush is exciting from the standpoint of, okay, this is another example of the stuff that you could do, but I still want to see if, if it's a technology, like, it, like I always say, is it a, is a tilt brush a uh, a cure in search of a disease that no one complained about? So I think we need to get this built into the next PlayStation mm -hmm. to where it's commonly available, where I can reach out to somebody and go, you've got the hardware to see my content. Yeah, yeah. Then it has potential. Yeah, or like even distance learning or, you know, if they get HIPAA compliant, what if they did um, where you could do oh, sure. therapy sessions virtually? You know, you put on your helmet or your helmet, like Christine said, <laughs> you put on your goggles, you put on your goggles and now your your therapist or whomever, your doctor, if you're doing a consultation, is sitting in the seat in front of you instead of you driving. You're just sitting there. You know, why, why do you need to go all the way to them and talk when you could just sit in your living room and say, yeah, it hurts when I do this? And they could say, yeah, well, don't do that. So, you know. yeah. There are hospitals that are passing out iPads to every patient to take home so that they can follow the patient. It's a lot cheaper than you know, having you come to the office. Yeah. I don't know, Christine, would you do that? Like in a world where you have your Apple Watch that's measuring your vitals, you jump into a VR room and there's your doctor and your chart is floating above your head next to you and you, you know, wouldn't that be cool? It seems cool. I guess I'm just like two steps behind everyone. Like why is that better than video? Why is that better than what we're doing? Like what is, what is the level of interaction that I'm not understanding here in virtual yeah. reality? Like it's just more immersive. It feels more immersive and personal, but you're right. You could get to the same point by just looking at a 2d screen, but it's, you got to try it. Cause like so just it, sitting in the room with someone than, is different. Is it more than 3d? Like what's the mm -mm. difference between, is it how interactive can it get? I mean, uh, that remains to be seen, like with this tilt yeah. brush. And, and, and you I know. think, kind of like you were saying, like once you're in it, you start thinking of the possibilities. Not having had the experience, my questions are so broad because I don't know that I. Which is good. Which is good. Like, I mean, you you represent like the people that haven't can tried I really it. Get you know how? Yeah. And it's like one of my other thoughts was like, well, you know, I'm a girl. I go shopping. How can this environment be? integrated into marketing like oh, can no. i i was thinking like when you go to ikea you know and there's all the rooms what mm -hmm. if those were interactive and i could go change the colors of things or something like that is cool. that the kind uh, of thing that this yeah. could it's lead the return to? of second life <laughs> yeah it is it is and so maybe i'm getting way sci-fi like i don't even know how I don't know, but I, I want to go shopping with this technology. That's my only point. Yeah, you put that on <laughs> in the comfort of your own home and go to Amazon VR. Yeah, and you know now you're in Am you're shopping the world's largest mall. See and that? Like, yeah, now you that. have my I attention. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and I if you turn that in on itself, let's say you can take a, especially if you can cooperate over the internet, you've got your. You're designing a dress with your art director. Mm -hmm. You put your goggles on. You're both working on the same object and going, no, this needs to be shaped like this. And you're drawing it in real time. Yeah. That's, that's got, yeah. yeah. yeah I there. guess I just need to see how big the hurdle is to get everyone to buy the device that's necessary. Right. Yeah. I don't it's, know it's how much people. It's still a little confusing people, right now. I think it, I mean, 
I'm confused by it, and I'm mm. just like, eh, whatever. Yeah, but I, I, I would like to see it get to a point where just everyone has this stuff. To me, it's the access to the content you're creating. How do you, mm-hmm. you make it, but then who's, who can watch it? Or be involved yeah. in it, or interact with it. And you you hit it right on the head because even you know for me I'm 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 not knee deep into it, but I'm like okay toe in the water. You know I got some cardboard. I want to see what it's like. Um, but there's these the 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 hurdle is okay. What is 3D? And we talked about this on a previous show. What is what is 3D? What is VR? What is just the 360 degree spherical video that you're in? They're interchanging these terms, which I think in a lot of ways is confusing people because some of this stuff is just video. It's just video that's wrapped around you that you can then look around on. And then VR, like this tilt brush, you're actually in a 3D computer generated environment that you're interacting with. You can't use these terms interchangeably because you don't interact with a 2D linear video. So... Yeah. So yeah, you're right. It's and then all the different hardware because there's like cardboard and then there's Oculus Rift and then Google's coming out with something next week and Samsung has their thing. Like what if you want to try yeah. it, what's the thing that you get to try it, you know, which then leads to analysis paralysis and you do the Christine, you're like, forget it, I'll wait till they sort it out. I'll wait till everyone sorts it out. Exactly. <laughs> or make my phone do it, because I already have that. Yeah. And I'm yeah. also not a person that like I'm not a gadgety person. So yeah. it's like, doesn't, I, I think it's very interesting. I think it's gorgeous. I mean, watching the video was mesmerizing. And they yeah. even, I don't know if you went to their actual website, but they had like a first person video. So it would mm-hmm. be like you were holding the brush and you could kind of, it was kind of dizzying. Um, yeah. But I would love I'm, to be able to watch someone do it. I think I would have the, the Microsoft paint effect where I'd just go scribble and then be like, oh. okay, that was fine. <laughs> Microsoft's competitive technology is the hollow brush Sorry, not hollow brush, hollow lens. And um, I think this has got a better chance just because the border to entry is is so much cheaper. It's generic hardware. It's just some great software on hardware you can readily buy. Ooh, that looks cool, too. I'm going to screen share this. That looks... And I also don't know. I mean, so HTC made the hardware for the tilt brush, right? right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not even sure that I like that so much. Yeah. Why you don't like HTC? What's wrong with HTC? No, I do like HTC. I think they're. I've had the pleasure of working with them. Um, I think their phones are great, but I think when they've gone into some of the accessories things, like their re camera, it just kind of fell flat. Oh yeah, Brian. I saw this this Hololens at uh, what was it? Microsoft did their 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 conference and they were demonstrating this thing. Yeah, this is kind of wicked. Yeah, this is. And the design looks crazy. Look at that. It is the same basic idea, except you can see through to the real world, and then it scans the real world and places the three-dimensional objects in your vision. So it's augmented yeah. reality. So it that's something else. Reality. It's not virtual reality. It's augmented reality, which is another take on all this, right? So it's yet another Yeah, <laughs> another I think thing. that's. I would have to go to that step first. That feels yeah. more like a natural leap for me. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. I think that's an order of magnitude more expensive, though. You're not going to get yeah. mass penetration yeah. with that. That's but but this I could see cool things like the glasses look look kind of cool. But I could yeah. see like okay, you have these on and you're walking around your house and there's your virtual newspaper on the counter mapped perfectly and you touch it and it opens up and starts playing video and you know like it's basically sci-fi stuff. You could you could do all that with this one. And it's here now, and it works from the people I've talked to that have used it. Okay, well, we're going to have to... 
I'm going to have to be one of those people because we got to see if this is... Oh, look at that. You're like, that is really cool. <laughs> That's cool. All right, Microsoft. Does it... Yeah. But Microsoft, hey, does it work with a Mac? I wonder. So. Not <laughs> so much. <laughs> I'm not buying a Windows machine. Uh, okay. All right, guys. Let me... Uh, let's switch gears here. Let's take a quick break, actually. When we come back, we're going to talk about... Um, Actually, Christina, there's a story that came around earlier this week about Calvin Klein and some controversy that they're involved in. So when we come back, we're going to talk about Calvin Klein's latest controversy. I'd like to formally invite you to check out the brand new TWIP School. You've learned so much from the amazing TWIP hosts and guests over the years. Now, within the TWIP School, you can continue that learning and dive deeper on a variety of photographic and business topics. There are already several great courses to choose from in the school, and we will be adding new courses often. Right now, you can learn about fashion photography from Lucas Passmore, Final Cut Pro 10 for photographers, and time lapse with Lee Herbert, marketing for photographers with Zach Prez, and even time travel for photographers with yours truly. And to kick things off, you can check out the school today with a course that we've made available for free for a limited time only. And that's Five Habits of Highly Effective Photographers. It's an inspirational course designed to help you get more done and stay focused. So head over to the brand new TWIP school now at school.thisweekinphoto.com. That's school.thisweekinphoto.com. All right, folks, we're back. We're going to dive into story number two, which was about Calvin Klein. So I think you guys have this story up on your screens right now. But this is, um, and let me bring it up for the folks at home. Uh, our friends over at Petapixel were writing about this, and that's where our show notes writer found this. But they, uh, and I can't find it, but essentially what happened was Calvin Klein did an ad campaign, and in the ad campaign, they depict a 22-year-old Danish model, Clara Kristen, looking down at a camera with kind of her legs, you know, kind of standing a little bit open or a lot open, and she's got a dress on, and the camera is essentially looking up her dress. So the, uh, the outcry or the controversy was... Hey, is this, I mean, has this gone too far? Is this fashion porn? You know, is this, you know, is this all, it's, we're selling underwear, so why not show the underwear? I don't know, Christine, what do you think? You're a model <laughs> and a photographer, and you're in the fashion industry. Tell us what you think. I think people need to calm down. It's not that big a deal. <laughs> it's underwear. So, it's the I mean, end of the world, is, Christy. It's the end of the world because Victoria's Secret hasn't been showing anyone their underwear for the last however many years, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah if the skirt was gone, it'd be fine. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. If she was wearing yeah. nothing but underwear, it would be a non-issue. But I think yeah, there's this... Yeah. I don't know if it's like... You know, you tell little boys, don't look up a girl's skirt in grade school, right? I don't know yeah. if there's some weird connection people are making to this thing that you've told little kids is bad, maybe? Like, does it feel too young? Not the, not the age of the model, just the action of what's happening. Um, I thought yeah. it was really kind of creative. I didn't, it didn't bother me at all. Um, I think I've seen things that are much more risque um, I think I mentioned Tom Ford. He does some things that are yeah. way crazier for for his um, fragrance line and uh, right. his makeup right. line. Um, right. 
Yeah, I don't so know. I mean, it, I, I, I don't have a problem with it. I think it was actually really creative way yeah. to sell intimate wear or whatever their, I don't know what their line is called, but. Yeah. A little taboo goes a long ways in the advertising world. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And sex, sex sells, obviously. Brian, what, what do you think? I know when you saw this, you were, you were upset. You started writing letters to your governor. Oh yeah, it was horrible. You know? <laughs> I got them all over the place here. Uh, I I just think it's a little lowbrow. <laughs> it's oh, do tell. Okay. Uh, no, I, I I think you know you, you're you're like going down the list of things that we tell people not to do and have laws against. You're like ah, oh, we'll take number six and take a picture yeah. of it. Does it does it communicate anything about the product? No, it's just a catchy picture. Mm-hmm. And um, but that's the point I, though. It's an ad campaign. Yeah, no, no, it worked. Right? It worked that's fine. The ad it campaign. functioned. No one says, and I, I have to err on the side of, you know, in the United States, we tend to be very hypocritical, you know, so people, <laughs> people will, I mean, very hypocritical. So people will see this ad campaign and like, oh my God, this is, this is appalling. You know, I, have, I, I can't believe that this is able to be on Instagram. And then they'll go home and watch porn or something, you know? <laughs> so it's like, you know, oh, no, come on. And, and, and in the end, it's not showing anything. It's like, it's not doing, it's not, a, it's not explicit in that there's an act being going on. She's not touching herself. She's just standing there, you know? I think and it's underwear. I don't know. This hits a note only because it's encouraging people to do something that is considered inappropriate from the perspective of the pissed off people. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, thank you for adding that little piece on there from the perspective of pissed off people. So in in the case of this photo, it's like, you know what? This photo doesn't align with my moral compass. Therefore, I need you to take it down. (laughs) Even though this other group has no problem with it, it doesn't align with my moral compass, so I need you to take it down. Yeah, while we're doing that, I'm going to put that on my Facebook and my Google Plus, and and Calvin Klein's like, no, no, be angrier, please. You know, spread it it further. Please, not a problem. Yeah. 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 I don't know. You know, let me, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of interesting comments on this. Uh, We'll link over to the, uh, to the uncensored Instagram post that I'm showing right now in the show notes, but it's got 25 or 2,546 comments on this and 47.8 thousand likes or 47, almost, almost 48,000 likes on this so it's uh yeah. clearly it's doing its job so and and, and, and we're talking shoot. about it so that'll probably be up to yeah. you know a little more after this episode goes live i mean they could have shot that thing for about nine dollars i mean it's this was the best investment they've ever made yeah yeah in fact the model probably shot it herself put the, the camera <laughs> put her phone on self-timer and threw the phone on the ground you know but, but you don't know she just dropped the phone and said you guys want it I- exactly <laughs> oops i'm sorry i forgot to delete that one uh, <laughs> i i will now like i'm looking at the image now i do you think if the focus point was not on her face i would be having a different conversation with you right Right. Fair point. Yeah. But yep. they focused on her face, and I feel like, to me, that makes it somehow more acceptable. If they had focused on the underwear, maybe I'd feel differently, because I'm like, okay, that's way too blatant. Okay, well, having, having, seen this, more... having seen this, Christine, if uh, you know a photographer says, hey, we, we need you for this ad campaign, and we're going to do something like Calvin Klein did, <laughs> would you let them shoot you like this? Me? No. But I, yeah, there's a, I mean, I don't do swimwear. I don't 
do lingerie. Yeah. It's not right. in my book anyway. So yeah. I would be really surprised if someone came to me hiring me for that because I don't have anything representative. Yeah, that I mean, in my book. like risque, like this. Mm -mm, yeah, good. Mm -mm. good. See, I would have shot that picture if they paid me, but I would have loaded it with a bunch of humor, a bunch of I dropped my phone. <laughs> yeah, and that would be a good ad campaign, yeah. though. I drop, you know, I drop my phone shots. You know, that would be interesting. I don't know. It's uh. You know, I, I, you know, like I said, hypocrisy is is rampant in some places, and here definitely, I have no problem with the image. You know, it's eye catching. If I'm flipping through a magazine and I saw that, I'd be like, oh, well, okay, yeah. who who did this? Which is what they were trying to do. You know, it's not it's not scarring. I don't think if a kid saw this, would they be scarred for life? Probably. Now you want to see the outrage? <laughs> I think. I think Haynes needs to do this shot with a guy in a kilt. Yeah. Well, if it was a guy, that's a good question. That's a good point. If it, well, the kilt, yeah. But if it was if yeah. it was a guy and he's in underwear or something and you're shooting from the ground up, clearly, you know, highlighting the naughty bits, then it's a different I don't know. Is it hypocrite is that hypocritical yeah. if it's Yes, it is. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. I don't but know. in the best ways. That's the point. Yeah. And it worked brilliantly. Yeah, I mean, like, I guess the Amber Crombie and Fitch, some of the ads that they do are doing that, where it's like yeah. groin, all groin all the time. And oh, by the way, there was a shirt over here, you know, so. balled up in the corner. <laughs> balled up in the corner. Yeah, but it's all groin and all skin. But yeah, we sell we sell clothes, too. As long as it's black and white, it's art. So that's right. <laughs> it's all good. It's all, good. Yeah. all right, guys, let's Keep move your black on. and white, man. Keep your black and white. Let's move on from this one. We'll we'll link to this, and I would love the, the Twip Army comment on this post. I would love to hear what you guys think because I'm uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm on the fence. I'm definitely I err on the side of you know, come on, people, whatever you know. But I would love to hear what I love to hear contrarian opinions to what I think. Um, I'd like to see the army produce some parodies of this. <laughs> uh, Here we go. Here I think we go. No. I think, I think no? I, yeah, and I will turn on moderation on the post. Excellent. If they do that. <laughs> All right. No, yeah, yeah. Do parodies and post them to Instagram or Twitter and hashtag, uh, you know, Brian Fisher. So that we that's right. See. Just Brian with an I, Fisher go. with a C. Brian, there you go. Brian Fisher, hashtag <laughs> Brian Fisher. Do what you want there. Don't post it to the Twip site. All right, guys, uh, let's move on. There was another virtual, virtual reality story in here. I think we'll save that one and move on to this, this interesting story about DJI. We were trying to get to this story last week, a couple weeks ago. But essentially, a couple weeks ago, DJI, the leader in drone or UAV, in the UAV market, um, unmanned aerial vehicles, for those that don't know what that is. Um, they showed off a bunch of new projects, products that are aimed at big-budget Hollywood instead of the consumer space that they've been playing in so far. And one of the products that they introduced is called the Matrix 600, which we're going to talk about. They also introduced a universal gimbal called the Ronin MX, which is kind of handheld Steadicam jobber there. But the interesting thing about the Matrix 600, and I'm going to bring this guy up on the screen here in a second... But the interesting thing about it is this thing is, um, it's got eight blades. It's a huge monster of a vehicle, aerial vehicle. It's a heavy lifter so that you can get your cinematography from the air. And it does a couple of cool things. They say it will hold up to a 15 or a 13.2 pound payload, 
which means it can carry cameras like black magic cameras you know like the reds the cameras from dslrs from canon panasonic you know sony etc all these things you can stick on this thing and fly them and also with that Unlike the Inspire One, which can rot the camera on it can rotate 360 degrees, but it will stop at like 359 or whatever degrees, and you have to go back the other direction. This guy will spin endlessly if you want it to, so you could do some really cool shots. Um, they say it can stay in the air for about 15 minutes with that 13.2 pound payload, um, but they're working on getting that getting that up, and obviously it can stay in the air longer with lighter with lighter payloads and smaller cameras. So, Brian, let's start with you. Do you do you actually I, own a drone yet? Are you in that space? I don't, but I think I want one. Yeah. Do you That's want this one? 13 pounds. That'll carry my Pentax. <laughs> yes, it will. <laughs> yes, it will. I'm definitely not in this space. I mean, I, I have a drone. I love it. And one day... I may get one like this in the distant future if I'm not senile by that time. But this one, this is like, this is, this is the race car of drones. It's a monster. I, mean, I, I, I have to tell you, I'm, if I can rent one of these, I will. Yeah. Uh, I've been looking for a drone big enough to carry a set of six micro four thirds cameras to do a gigapan mm. shot with. And suddenly there's something that'll carry that. Yeah, or you could put six GoPros on it easy. Why not just do that? Yeah, uh, not. I need I need a little more oomph from the. You camera. need resolution. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a, this is an interesting piece of kit. I uh, this is this is again in that sort of geek worthy area of one day I'll have something like this. Christine, you do you want this or do you care? You've already professed that you are not a geek, so I'm going to guess the answer is no. <laughs> um, I don't need this in my life. But I am excited. I love movies, so if Hollywood has one, then that's just cooler <laughs> stuff for me to watch. <laughs> Come on, you know, look at this thing. How can you not want this? Just to play with it, just to fly it around. Come on, this what is, am I gonna this do is with geek. It? Yeah, I know you wouldn't do anything. What am I gonna do with this? Would you Honestly, Would you consider getting like a consumer drone, like just a regular one? Do no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I, would, I don't need one in my life. I'm, yeah. I mean, I don't need it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, but I, I love the footage that comes from them. I mean, I, I'm pro drone for sure. When people have them and they do cool stuff with it, I, I love the footage that people are creating. I love that lots of people have them. Um, you know, I'm glad that it's not as hard for people to fly them anymore. Um, yeah. I'm, totally, I'm pro drone all the way. I just, I don't need one in my life. Now you are you're you from time to time you do portrait photography and that sort of thing right up there in Sacramento. If your competitors start doing these wild kind of videos for you know the students, you know, like if you're doing like a, a senior portrait type session, sure. And the the newest thing becomes, hey, students want like aerials of them doing crazy things and stuff like that. Would you move into this space or would you be like, oh, well, you know what, I can refer you to Jim Bob down the street. He has a drone. And a lot of liability insurance. <laughs> right? Because this one's going to hurt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, I live in a world where the what people want does dictate a little bit of what I do. But it would have to be a large percentage of people coming to me for that. Yeah, yeah. But, I, I mean, I'm, I would, I'm not going to say no. Of course, that I, if it comes to that, I would absolutely 
But by then, you would probably you'd probably be able to hire someone. You could just hire someone to come and do the shoot and bring their drone, and then well, and that's the know, thing. That's I'm it. so far behind that the skills people have with these things are. I mean, I I don't have the skills to do it. I didn't grow up playing. Back to the gaming thing somehow. Like, yeah. I don't have that dexterity really. Like I'd never. Uh, I gotta raced. disagree with you. I gotta disagree with you because they is are, it, not, are they really easy they're not to that use? hard to fly. Yeah. They are not that hard to fly, which is why they're taking off. Literally, true. you know, so, so quickly, you know, they, they you take your hands off the controls of these things and they fly themselves when you're and some of them like, well, most of them, including the Phantom 4 and the Phantom 3. Now you can program flight paths in there. So it's not like, OK, I got to be Tom Cruise and Top Gun with this thing. You say, OK, I want you to go here, here, circle this point, whatever you want. Keep the camera fixed on this object. You hit a button, you go have a sandwich. It does the shoot for you. And then you come and auto land it and you're done. <laughs> so. yeah. I think we are we are right at the release of the uh, the five D Mark II as far as the video era in drones. Mm-hmm. People have great tools. It's still going to be the land of people that know what to do with them. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm yeah. I'm not there. So yeah, I guess I would hire probably hire someone. They've had, yeah. now they people have years of experience with them. And I'm like yeah. I don't. There's a part of me that doesn't want to be that person. That's like oh I got it so I can do it too. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. I was, I was lame. there too. I was there too. And my, my fear before I got my Phantom Three was, I didn't want to get it and just have it sit there and depreciate. And then the Phantom Four would come out, and I'd feel bad about my Phantom Three. So when I got it, I made a conscious decision to fly the heck out of that thing. You know, I'm, I'm flying as often as I can. In fact, in the last three weeks, I've flown it all over North America. I've flown it in Mexico on beaches. I've flown it here in the U.S. I've flown it in Canada. And, you know, custom, I've, customs agents have been looking at me like, hey, well, dude, what are you, what's going on? <laughs> you know? And, you know, I, and for me, it's not... And it varies from person to person. Like, for droneography, for me, it's not about the flying. For me, it's more about, um, like, having a tripod in the air that I can do these shots that I couldn't do before. And I've complained on the show before about, yeah, I live in the Bay Area. There's a lot of beautiful things to take photos of, Golden Gate Bridge or whatever, and all this stuff, you know, notwithstanding the the legal implications of where you can fly and where you can't fly. But in my brain, I'm like, okay, well, now I can actually get shots, still right. shots, from angles that may not have been photographed before, where everything on the ground, from the ground level, for the most part, has been saturated. Now I have another dimension that I can go, I can move through to to start concepting shots. Like I can go to the to a coastal area with like a rocky bluff, and send the drone out over the water and shoot back and get shots like that, where that would have been impossible before. So I don't know. That's what, that's yeah. what makes it exciting for me. I see a trip to Yosemite coming. You can't fly them in Yosemite. I it's say, uh, I don't know. National parks, man. You national can't fly. Parks. You can't fly in national parks. So, no, I won't be doing that. But you know, there's lots of other places on the planet that you can fly your drone other than restricted airspace, air, airspace locations. All right, guys, let's uh, let's move on. Yeah, these, shows, these shows go so fast. Let's move on to the picks of the week, and this is. For both of you guys, if you're not familiar, this is the segment of the show where you guys get to recommend something to the TWIP audience. It could be anything as long as it is somehow related to photography. Christine Allward, I'm going to let you go first. What is your pick of the week? I did a book because I don't know. Apparently I'm really low tech as we're discovering on today's show. 
<laughs> a book? A book. Like with, with, so, like with like dead tree pages in it? Like a book. <laughs> um, cool. So I did Study of Pose. It's actually been out a while. I've had it for a while. It's by Coco Rocha, who's one of my favorite models. When I first got it, I flipped through it, and I hated it, and I put it in my bookshelf, and it's been there for like a year. And yeah. I just revisited it, and it was totally like, why, why did I think this was so terrible when I got it? It's a thousand black and white images. And it's just an it's image. Just I'm looking at it now. It's just an, an image, image on every page. page. It, I mean, the thing is heavy. Like, I could work out with it. Wow, uh, look at that. Like, so no words. It's just it's a photo book that shows you a thousand poses. A by thousand Coco poses. So I, you know, after modeling for years, you're like, How, what else can I do? I don't know. My body doesn't go in any other way. But Coco, yeah. Coco proves you wrong. So I think it's just a cool way to, whether you're working with models or anyone, it helps you kind of break the cycle if you're starting to use the same poses over and over and over again. Because some of them are weird. And I think maybe that was my hang up when I first got yeah. the book. Mm -hmm. I mean, some obviously. Of the, you mean, some of the poses are like, what's weird? In the book. Define, yeah, define in the weird. book, she's doing stuff that just is not pretty in any mm. way, shape, or form. Yeah. But it's a jumping off point, And I think it helps refresh your brain. So well, how would you suggest, put on your photographer hat, how would you suggest photographers use this book if they get it like the night before or a couple weeks before, whatever, do they build kind of the idea of how they'd like the shoot to go and, you know, maybe photograph a couple of these pages and throw them on Pinterest to share with the model to say, hey, we're going to do this kind of thing? Or, or do you just go through it to have an idea in your mind? I, I, w I don't know if I would recommend copying stuff out of here mm -hmm. because I think another thing that kept me from looking at it's not really curated it's not like here's all the jumping poses here's all the sitting poses they're just it's like she stood there the photographer took a thousand shots and she just went for it yeah. I think okay. it's just more a way to loosen your brain flip through a couple pages get out of whatever rut that you're stuck in I don't know that it's something I recommend copying just a way to look at a body differently Okay, cool. she could put an arm over her head, and it's not the worst-looking thing in the world. It's like, how often are arms just straight down, and how do you break away from that? Right, and it's only it's only forty bucks, right? I believe yep. it is it's just forty bucks. I know, I just bought it. <laughs> <laughs> you did? You bought it? Yeah. And, you know, awesome. like I just opened to a page randomly, and she's twisted up like a little pretzel. Like mm -hmm. maybe now that's all I needed to inspire me to get away from her sitting on a stool. Put her on the ground and see what happens. Yeah, yeah. God, I love that. That's cool. Brian, you have to let me know how that goes. I would have bought it too, but I am literally in the process of purging my house. <laughs> like I have all these books and ever like once a year I go through all the books that I have and I take out the outdated ones uh, or the ones that I don't want anymore for whatever reasons. And I either give them away to people or I donate them to the public library to make awesome. space for things like this. So I will, yeah. you can borrow mine. Yeah, okay, cool. Done. I, I've used a pose book for years. Unfortunately, the ocean took mine about six months ago. So and you see, left it on I the book. I think this is totally different than yeah. a pose book because it's not giving instruction. It's not, this is. Oh, no, no. This, the book I use is just thousands yeah. of pictures. So it's time for a new one. I'm good with it. Very cool. All right, Christine, thank you for that. That is Study of Pose 1000 Poses by Coco Rocha for 40 bucks. Awesome. All right. Brian Fisher, what about you, man? What's your pick of the week? So I, 
This is a, a little simpler item. It is the Godex S-Type uh, speedlight mount. Yeah, I have struggled for years with all of these um, mounts that try to put a speedlight into a softbox, and they are all crap, yeah. except for this one. This uh, will hold a speedlight like a bear. It has a Bowens mount on the front, and it's cheap. They're about 20 bucks. Uh, I uh, I bought 10 of them. Is it 10? Yeah. <laughs> Why Why do you need 10 of these? Well, I counted things? how many speed lights I had. And uh, and you're using 10 ordered. at any given time? I, I've used eight, so I've got a couple oh, of spares. Oh, wow. Okay, okay. That makes sense. Um, anyway, it is, again, it's physically really robust. The other mounts, if you look at them wrong, they bend. Yeah. Um, I think somebody just sort of looked into Silarina's mind and built this. So <laughs> It's a Silarina product. It's got to be. Um, but it's it's the best thing out there, and I'm I literally gathered up all of my other ones and threw them away. Wow! Look at that. All so, right. And what was it? Was it cost? What's the? Uh, what's going to set me back if I get that? No, no. That's cheap. it. Yeah, all they're right. cheap. All right. Look at that. That's why you were able to buy. I think you should buy ten more. Why not? Uh, it, what, what was your address for the delivery? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. At least buy one more and send it to me for evaluation. And I'll of go, course, I'll go borrow Christine's book and I'll uh, I'll take that. Cool. Awesome, man. That's a good that's a good pick of the week as well. All right. Uh, my pick of the week are I have two actually. So this week, when this show goes live, we'll be well into full swing on a five-day deal promotion, which I'm participating in. And this one is interesting and important for me because we are just about to pull off officially the wraps of the brand new TWIP school, which is at school.thisweekinphoto.com. And in the school, which will be available by the time, actually it won't be available by the time you, you see this, but you can go to the school, I'm putting an exclusive product that's only accessible if you purchase the five-day deal. And now the product, is, it's called Digital Video Alchemy. It's all about how to produce video with the stuff that you have around already, your existing gear. Went to Mexico and... We with a crew and we did all the footage in Mexico. We shot a full music video with musicians on the beach, on Mayan pyramids in Tulum. We were all over the place down there and synthesized it all into this, this really cool course, which is now part of the five-day deal. The course itself, once the five-day deal is over, is going to be 147 bucks. Um, and within the five-day deal, which I believe is under 100 bucks, you get uh, you know this product along with several other ones from other photographers. So yeah, I think all in all, it's like $2,500 worth of stuff for under a hundred bucks, but it's only there for five days. So definitely check it out. So as part of this, you'll get access to the five day deal, but you'll also get to peek around and look inside the TWIP school and see how everything works in there and all the other courses that we have. So definitely please check it out and let me know what you think about that. And the link to this is in the show notes, or you can just go to um, twip.pro slash 5DD or 5-day deal. It'll take you right over to it. And also the other pick that I have is our wonderful wonderful host of Street Focus, Valerie Jardin, has released an ebook on street photography. It's called First Steps and Beyond. 
I'll link to that in the show notes as well. It's a really cool book. She's selling it through Gumroad, which is awesome. It's a really cool service for selling digital products, and it's really clean, seamless. You, two, two clicks, and you basically have the book downloaded to your desktop, and people are already raving about the book. So definitely go check that out. It's called First Steps and Beyond. And also, yeah, definitely check out the, uh, the five-day deal promotion that we're running right now. All right, guys, we're at the end of the show, the top of the hour. Christine Allward, where can people go to uh, see what you're working on and what, what projects do you have coming up? Um, they can go to christinethephotographer.com or same thing on Instagram, christinethephotographer. Um, I'm going on vacation. Sorry, guys. What? <laughs> What's the matter with you? <laughs> vacation? Oh, vacation. I'm going abalone diving on the Mendocino coast for a week. Oh, so nice. nice. Oh, you're staying local. Yeah. Staying local. Maybe I'll, I'll get your drone and I'll go do some cliff shots on the coast. Hey, I'm telling you. I'm telling I'll you. I'll dip you, my toe once, in. Once you do it, once you, once you fly a drone and you start doing these kind of shots, you'll, it's in your blood. You can't get it out. Because mm. now, now when you go to a, like a new location, you're going to be like, oh, this is a great... But this would be awesome from the from, from the sky. Feet above. <laughs> yeah. What if I was over there? You know, you, there's all the possibilities. Once you have tasted the possibilities, you can't put the dog back in the gate once it gets out of the yard. So it's actually it's actually really cool. Cool. So congratulations, Mendocino. Mendocino, and okay. then work has been actually kind of cool right now. Um, being in Sacramento, I've got a lot of campaign work, people that are campaigning for different offices in the oh. state capitol. So I've been meeting a lot of politicians, which isn't my norm, but it's been really fun. So Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, it's heating up, right? I'm we're not, getting close to... I'm going to be in everyone's close to mailbox. Picking... Those mailers that everyone hates, that'll be me. Really? Oh, God. <laughs> uh, thank you. Thank you. You yeah no you and your pick your pick of the week was a dead tree product and now you're filling up my mailbox too <laughs> so bad <laughs> nice <laughs> we're way to save the planet Christine yay <laughs> awesome well 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 thanks for coming on the show welcome back um, it's good to have you on please come back again it's always a pleasure Absolutely. having having you on the show and getting your insight um, Brian Fisher what about you man what's uh, what are you working uh, on I'm doing a, a few fun things firstly we are in the ho hopefully the home stretch on this week in photo glamour mm -hmm. uh, we're going to be producing a, a great show here on the network where we're going to interview photographers models makeup artists from all over the world go through their work uh, hopefully in a positive way not too critical and uh every week we're going to bring you uh great examples great technique and the nuts and bolts of the images involved so you can work on it yourself. Love it. Love it. And uh, are you going to talk about controversial topics like upskirt photography from Calvin Klein? Uh, well, no, we're going to get that photographer on. And we're going to like, what the hell? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Dude, what were you thinking? Yeah. <laughs> now we're all have to do that. Yeah. No, that's cool. That's cool. That's going to be a great show. Thanks for, for putting yeah. that together. I'm what else? real excited about it. Um, I'm having a fun time in the shop. Uh, I am scratching lenses. Mm. And why would you want to be scratching lenses? Uh, after protecting lenses for years and being very careful with them, I I realized that um, we have all of these issues where some people are running protective filters on lenses. A lot of people think that's a really bad idea. So I'm testing whether your protective lenses actually screw up your expensive piece of glass or oh, not. Oh, good. 
Good. And then I'm scratching lenses and looking at ways to save them. Hmm. So, like, like to unscratch them? Yeah, to make the scratch less relevant. Um, so in my hand is a, a lovely medium format lens that went from $2,000 to $200 when somebody put a one-inch long gouge down the middle of the main element. Mm. Uh, it can be saved, I think. Interesting. So um, we're, I, I won't give you all the details here, but I'll be looking for either a place to put an article or a, maybe a segment on a show, and we'll talk about should you throw it away. Oh, that's that might be a business model right there. Buying scratch lenses that people don't think are worthless and fixing them. <laughs> yeah. And then reselling them for full price. Hmm. Yeah. Christine's like, hmm. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. Why cool. not? Why not? Cool. Anything else, Brian? Oh, everything. I'm I'm doing the the uh standard thing. I'm diving back into film photography just for a good time. And uh <laughs> I, I, maybe it's because I've, I had to shoot film photography for so long, like diving back into it sounds like, yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go back to high school and, uh, you know, sit in a homeroom and go through trigonometry again, you know, it's like, I don't know, I don't, I don't see the romanticism in going back to film, for me, personally, I, I like digital. I think uh, I think once we get this going with a couple of the hosts, we need to call you out on this. Call me out, bring it, bring and, it. Uh, you, Doug K. A lot of the hosts are trying out, are doing the film yeah. thing. I haven't, but then again, so, I resisted drones for like four years too. So, <laughs> a, another quick pick of the week. If you want to do the film thing, I'm holding the biggest best bargain, which is Pentax medium format six four five camera. Uh, this would have cost you a small car. Oh, 10 yeah. years ago. Oh, yeah. And this is an autofocus camera. I picked up a great lens and a camera. It's maybe 500 bucks for a full outfit. Mm -mm. Yeah. Would have been 5000 Yeah, I had a Mamiya 645 back in That's the day. One. Also had a Bronica. You know, I was, uh, we had a Hasselblad, but only, you know, officers got to use that. But we had. <laughs> We had, I shot all that stuff, you know, I shot it. We did everything on 35 millimeter when I was, this is me when I was active duty in the Air Force, but we did everything from rolling our own film in canisters in dark, shooting yeah. it, processing it. Well, actually you could roll, go back even further. We would greet the client, take a work order, and then go out and shoot the job on film that we rolled, bring the film back, process the film, proof it, Call the client. The client would come, circle the images that they wanted on the proof sheet with grease pencil. We then take that into the dark room, print it, call the client back, deliver the final thing. You know, so soup to nuts all the way through. Now you can do it in digital and just email people. So yeah, you know, I'm going back. I'm going to do a little bit of the uh, the old school. Literally that whole process. You're going to do that, really? Oh yeah, yeah. All right, I'm going to email you one of those flogging things so you can excellent <laughs> i need one so i, I got I the I've skin gotten, on your back needs to be ripped off a little bit so. i've got an eight-year-old boy i got to teach him how it's done right uh yeah okay well you might want to teach him about you know the horse and buggy too because that's how we I've, used to do it <laughs> i've taken him horse and buggy already we're done <laughs> christine's like he did not just say that I mean, come on, you know, it's in progress. But hey. I, I agree with the, you know, it's, 
you, I don't know. It's I could see the romanticism of like, let's do it. This is the old way that used to be done. Silver halide and chemical and all that. Smell the fixer. But you know, in the end, is it about the process or is it about the image? You know, if it's about the image, there are better ways to get to the end result than to, you know, walk over hot coals. We eliminated yeah. the hot coals. You know, you can only technology. describe how hot the coals are once you've walked on them. You know, why should you know? <laughs> but why should you need to know? That's called progress. You know, so our kids, our kids today, don't have to walk over the hot coals because I, we suffered. <laughs> I, to be serious, I think there is some genuine value in slowing way down. Yes, the kid. I agree that I agree with that. Yeah, and teaching yeah. technique and all that. Christine, yeah. before we sign off, film or digital? Are you romanticized by the idea of making things a little bit uh, more deliberate by shooting and processing your own film? I will say I learned on film, and I'm glad that mm -hmm. I learned on film because. Me too. You know, I think there's something cool about being more deliberate about a shot. It doesn't take me 600 shots to get the one I want. It takes me 30. And I, right. you know, I've actually, I was at a bridal shower and gave someone my camera and she took 50 pictures. I'm like, you had to take two. What are you doing? And right. so being able to do that burst thing, I don't think is necessary. So I think having limiting factors is a good teaching tool, um, mm -hmm. but I'm not going to switch back. Brian, why don't you split the di split the difference and go buy one of those Leicas that only shoots in monochrome and doesn't do anything else? And I, I use that camera; it's incredible. Really? And I would in a heartbeat. The okay, tell me, tell me, tell me. I got to hear this before we go. What's incredible about that camera? It is when you when you pull in really close on those images, they have crazy, um, uh, very I'm losing my uh, my words mm -hmm. that. There, you see no banding, you see no moiré. The images are as close to a film black and white as you can get. At the, they're just really beautiful. Okay, all right. I'm gonna go. I'm actually. I've I've heard that, and we kind of we gave it kind of the tongue in cheek on uh, one of the previous episodes of Twip. So, and we got called out in the comments. One of the uh, one of the Twip listeners said, "Well, you know, you guys are calling all the negatives and talking about what the camera can't do, but when you didn't talk about what the camera was actually designed to do." So. I agree with that, and I'm gonna. There's a Leica store in San Francisco that I'm gonna go visit and get my hands on that camera, and uh, and see what the real deal is. Hopefully, I'll get that that aura. It sounds like you're talking about, and I'll see that. Yeah. yeah so. Plus, don't don't you miss the sound of uh, the? Nope, not really. No. Mm -mm, no. <laughs> not really. Don't you want the auto winder sound too? No, not really. I don't miss any oh, of that. It's just wrong. <laughs> I can right. download those sounds from the internet and play them whenever I want. <laughs> well, you you set up the date at the Leica store. I will meet you in San Francisco. All right, done. Let's do it. I'm thinking next week. So let's uh, that works. let's go have lunch and and go Leica, and we'll we'll shoot it with the Osmo, and then discuss our findings. I like it. Cool. All right, guys. Cool. We are at the end of another episode of This Week in Photo. I want to thank our sponsors for their support, as well as the TWIP School, which this show is kind of de facto sponsored by now. You can visit us you can, or visit the school at school.thisweekinphoto.com or TWIP proper, which has links over to the TWIP School at thisweekinphoto.com. And of course, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And with that, it is time to take that lens cap off.
a PixelCore.tv production, produced by Suzanne Llewellyn, with technical producers John Riley and Alutha Jamakar.